0: Welcome to the Take 92 Podcast. My name is Sammy Warmhands. Today in the studio we have Joshua Isaac Finch. He's a writer, musician, founder of Exiled in Eugene, and a cassette tape label, Flossless Audio. Um, we're going to be talking about those projects as well as his upcoming solo acoustic tour. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. <laughs> that was great. That was great. So last time we had some issues, uh, well, on the KI design episode, I had some issues with my dog.
1: <laughs> and so this
0: time I put him in the other room and I put up all my little foam uh, barriers around the door and um, they all just collapsed. So that's that's neat. That's good. Yeah. At least they didn't
2: wait till halfway through the episode. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh God, oh God. That's
1: so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, should I leave this rolling Yeah, Sure. <laughs> what was that you were just saying about being
0: professional?
2: <laughs> I don't think it happens. Not really.
0: Oh man, I uh, kind of really want to leave that in. That's fine. <laughs> so hey, welcome to the Take 92 podcast. Uh <laughs> 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 Uh all right. Yeah. Uh my name is Sammy Warmhands. Uh today with me I have uh, Mr. Joshua Isaac Finch. Hi. And um he is known for several things actually, but uh first of all, I'm the new guy. You you already have your own podcast, right? Uh well, yeah, but I'm I'm not I'm not actually sure when your first episode
2: went up. We might be like on the same timeline approximately. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're still uh, mine's still pretty new as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what's what's it called? Uh, Dinner and Dick Picks. How can you find it? Uh, you can go to... a. Uh, he
0: Dinner, doesn't know how to find it. I think it. it's
2: dinneranddickpicks.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Whichever one comes first. Dinneranddickpicks.bandcamp.com. Okay. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. So um,
0: it's got a pretty interesting
2: name. I uh, I actually did not pick the name. My uh, My lovely co-host is responsible for that. Can you <clears throat> tell me... I mean, that's relevant to the content. Totally, it's, it, it's a it's a sex positive podcast. I have a friend. Uh, her name is Jesse. She came to me one day and was like, "Hey, I have this idea." For initially, it was like a like a bar trivia show. Okay, and she wanted like there to be like the kind of goofy a uh, very typical cis male co-host who was just like, I don't understand anything about, you know, feminism or sex positivity. And the more we talked about it, the more she was like, you can kind of play that guy, but you're not exactly that guy. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, I'm queer and poly. Um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, no. So like, what if we were a little bit more like educational and informative, but still kind of funny? And like, she kicked around, we kicked around the idea for a while and it just kind of didn't pan out like just nothing happened and then one day she like hit me back and was like what if it was a podcast and I'm like why do I feel like this means I have to edit a podcast now add that to my (laughs) 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 Uh, but she's learning and we're gonna gonna share those duties so whatever it's been a lot of fun we've done
0: a pilot and two episodes so far cool Um, yeah I guess we're about even then because this will be my number five okay yeah right here so um, I don't know how that math works out what (laughs) you're like number five i'm like whatever go ahead you just said you did three yeah three five yeah whatever we're even you're like it's it's, seniority right there it's (laughs) single digits man um so uh (laughs) i just this just has such a comical start to me that just set the mood in a weird it's a good time i think i just started doing Um, stand-up again so awesome awesome (laughs) Uh, you have plenty of fodder. You're like, yeah, I was at this guy's house, and man. <laughs> um, but I I think it's, uh, it's good that you come with that right away, saying and this is another thing I have to add to my plate, because every time you and I talk, it's almost like a cathartic, it's like a <laughs> bent for yeah. each of us of like, Oh my god, I I've got this record and I've got this YouTube series and I've got this podcast and I got this tour and I got all this stuff that I'm trying to do and you're like, dude, tell me about it. I got this magazine, I got this tape label, I got this fucking acoustic thing I'm trying to do, and 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 I'm booking these shows and, and we're both kind of like, How much shit can we put on our plate and not die? Right. Kind of guys. Right. So the this has been a long time coming, I think. Totally. Every time every time we talk it's always just like I I I don't know how I'm doing it, and then mm-hmm. you give me the exact same thing, right? And neither of us offer any answers or <laughs> suggestions, but it's always just like there's someone who's suffering in the same way as me, right? It's like vaguely reaffirming
2: that someone else is is act- actively killing themselves, yeah, with with uh, stuff, good stuff, with stuff, yeah, with, with like being productive. Like I'm gonna like I'm going to like I'm going to work myself to death, but. Uh, which is a, it's, it's common, but uh, usually you're not the one doing the pushing, usually someone else is.
0: Yes. You know, but yep. whatever. So um, I think a lot of people probably know you. I was introduced to you through Exiled in Eugene. Yeah, Exiled in uh,
2: Eugene, rest in peace.
0: Yeah, which just finally, officially came yeah. to an end. Um, so how, how did all that come to be? How did it start?
2: Uh, oof, um, a little over five years ago. Uh, a buddy. Actually, we were we were we were new we were uh, new acquaintances. Uh, Richard D. Owens, a local artist, graphic designer, social media guru, um, and I uh, met through I, at the time I was booking art at the bar that I was working at, and he and a, bit, a buddy did a, a joint show, and uh, we kind of like hit it off. And then uh, a handful of months later, I saw him hanging art at uh, another local establishment, and we chit-chatted for a minute, and I threw out the idea that I wanted to start a zine, and then went about my way, and uh, he called me the same afternoon, just a few hours later, super excited, and we uh, just kind of started spitballing ideas back and forth. It turned into this, like, uh, series of, like, little short freebie, like, like the old school, like, you know, quarter page sized, uh, like, like, Like a Uh, handbill. Yeah, like a handbill size, but like eight or ten pages, find them around town on flyer tables and shit. uh, And then rapidly kind of turned into an actual like art and music publication.
0: Did it have the same name early on?
2: It did. Okay. It did. By the time we actually printed one, we'd gotten through the uh, process of arguing and hating every option that the other one put out there and eventually settling on a thing. Um, which I still like five years later after it's now defunct. I'm like, I still fucking hate that name. I don't know. <laughs> it just, but it was functional and it like people for whatever reason, kind of, kind of gravitated to it. So
0: are you native to Eugene or
2: I'm not actually, I, transplant. Uh, I, I moved here in 2007. Okay. Um, kind of on a whim. Um, where from? Uh, it's <laughs> everywhere. Mo- yeah, around Oregon. Most recently, okay, uh, okay. Mo- most recently, I was in Lakeview, Oregon, but that was like an extended visit with uh, with family. Uh, my my father was ill, and gotcha. then just kept not dying, which is good. Stoked on that. He's still not dead. Yeah, uh, wow. It's been like a decade. Wow. All right. And uh, you know, at this point, it's going to be old age, not cancer, which is cool. That's that's awesome. Uh, that's how we like it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a point when like you're 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 there, and you're just sort of sitting, and you're like, well. I'm so glad you're not dead that I'm gonna leave and live my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At a certain point, yeah. Uh, that that decision has to be made. Yeah. yeah. So I was kind of like looking at what the next step was, and just kind of came to visit Eugene uh, to see his show, Reverend Horton Heat and Murder by Death, uh, at the Wow Hall, and I ended up just not going home. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: One of the best poor decisions I've ever made. So, um, so back to the zine. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it was kind of, uh, it, t- to me, it seemed to come out of nowhere, It, but you said you've been working on it for a minute before it right. started to catch on. Right. Um, what was the point you started to notice that, wow, this is actually kind of getting popular. Um, we made,
2: we made some t-shirts and I started seeing people I didn't know wearing them. That was, yeah, that was weird because we, we didn't really sell them online. We like tabled at events and stuff. And so for the most part, if you had a T-shirt, I probably sold it to you myself. Yeah. So seeing people who I didn't know wearing them was like like somebody had performed a magic trick. I'm like, how did they get one of these like you know, yeah. maybe 200 shirts we ever made without me being involved in the process? Um, that was weird. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. I still see them around. I saw one at Goodwill the other day. Really? I, I didn't know how to feel about that.
0: I know. <laughs> I've seen my, my stuff in like the used section before, and it's always like, you know, I kind of want to buy that because there's none of these left. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel weird about it. Like Totally. one, you, you don't want it anymore? Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then on the other side, it's like, uh, no, seriously, I get people asking me for these. I don't care how dumb it looks. I'm going to buy my own album right now at the store. Right. Because <laughs> somebody, somebody wants and it. And then I'm going to call that guy and sell it to him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, Yeah. No shame, you know no. i want to get I want to get the music out there, totally cares, so um, and there's no reason to press a hundred a uh, hundred or
2: something for that one guy,
0: yeah, right you know. <laughs> like second edition, where nobody right. really wants it, but <laughs> but these three people are stoked, mm, you know totally, so totally um, well, that's cool, man. um what was it like? I imagine you were probably getting bombarded from all different artists and, and, and musicians submitting their stuff. Because mm-hmm. you guys not only had the blog, you had the print zine, you had the YouTube interviews. Yeah. I mean you had a number of things going on. Yeah. Um there was a, a weekly
2: newsletter for about a year. Yeah. Um there were plenty of different platforms for content. And uh I think that was honestly like when we were when we reached that point where there was like five different versions of the thing is when I started to fucking implode a little bit (laughs) yeah because each one of those needs its own handful of volunteer staff and none of them at any given time actually had that yeah uh so there was a point where for all intents and purposes i was the staff or the entire staff on the right day of all of those things
0: well and i i kind of had the idea that it was just your thing but then I'd catch wind that like Emily was working with you and other people. Right. Mm-hmm. So how many people did you actually have actively volunteering?
2: At, there was a point where I would say that there were like six people involved. Wow. Uh, consistently. Uh, that, that period was pretty brief. It was during what I would kind of see now as like the last real upswing where um, we had a new intern, uh, Nicole, who uh, ended up leaving to go work at uh, the Flenzer Records down in San Francisco. Um, but uh, she basically hit me up and was like, hey, I really like this thing you're doing. I want to, like, lend some support and kind of, like, you know, like, be, be, I want to step in and, like, take some of the weight off in whatever way uh, yeah. you're comfortable. And at the time, I was I was literally sitting at home drinking and had injured my leg and couldn't walk and was, like, crippled and was basically at home, depressed, drunk, Talking about pulling the plug on the thing mm. <laughs> and this person's like I want to be your intern and like take some of the workload off and I basically for a handful of months uh, Nicole was exiled in Eugene that oh, person really? she ran the show and I wow. just said yes to things I was like well if you want to do it you do it and she threw a bunch of shows and did some events. Awesome. And I, I didn't realize man. I, yeah, there was there was a period where it probably would have ended about a year and a half ago Wow um, or just kind of become dormant which, sure. it's had some moments where, like, not a whole lot happened for a few months.
0: Yeah, I mean, the last um, little while, it's, it's been kind of on the back burner. Yeah, absolutely. But um, that's cool, man. I've, I've had those kind of serendipitous moments where, um, like, I remember when I was in The Illusionists early on, mm-hmm. and it was just me and Webb, and, you know, he's making all these elaborate beats, just chopping them up on his computer software, so, like, he has no way to perform it live. And it's from, you know, orchestration and all this crazy shit. And then me on the other side, I'm just saying, like, the most offensive things I can think of. And I'm going, so I'm just going to stand up there by myself and perform? Like, no way. Like, I need at least somebody to hype me or <coughs> something yeah. like that. You know, I can't. I can't. just God, this is going to be an awful <laughs> show. You know, we need somebody. And that same day, like, I went home and checked my MySpace page, and I had a message from... Uh, it's my old friend Evan that was like, hey, I like what you guys are doing. If you ever need another member want to collaborate or whatever, I was like, <laughs> sold. <laughs> Done. and And, you know, five years later and many albums and many tours, you know, so sometimes those people just totally fall well, into your life.
2: I feel like we have a tendency to see someone uh, doing something that we respect or find value in and it never uh, occurs to us that they're, not completely comfortable holding the reins themselves. Yeah. You know, like, that person might actually be desperate for support, but they're just not asking because they don't know how. Um... I feel like a lot of uh, small small endeavors, artistically speaking especially, tend to go under for those exact reasons. Yeah. You know, like, I definitely on a regular basis would have people, like, really sheepishly try to share an idea with me and be like, but I know, like, you got your own thing, and yeah. I don't want to, like, tell you how to do stuff. And I'm like, "I, if you would just step in and be involved and let me kind of oversee the thing you just pitched me, but just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into that. But, uh, yeah, there's, like, a weird, like, people have a... I have a fear of like changing the power structure or even or even questioning it You know because they 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 think that just because there's one person at the helms That's the way that that person wants it rather than just how it happens to be
0: for sure. Yeah, Um, I remember Kind of coming out of the illusionists and doing my first like Sammy Warmhand's album one of the things I wanted to get across was people look at me and see all the content that I'm cranking out all the time And, you know, some people have been seeing me do it for 15 years or something. they're like, God damn, like that dude is just unstoppable. And with the solo platform, I was like, okay, maybe I can let people in on this a little bit more. Like, this is really fucking hard (laughs) and it's killing me. (laughs) Just so you know. And now that's almost kind of become my thing of, you know, people are, are gravitating towards me because of that, like, vulnerable, you know, self-crippling thing that I'm putting into my music a lot. Like, I started doing it a little bit, and people were like, oh, dude, I totally get that. So I started doing it more and more. But that's totally what it's like, guys like you and me, behind the scenes. Yeah. It's like, you have this idea, and you know that there's no way to pull it off other than to just do it yourself and figure it out along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, But, man, sometimes... You bite off more than you can chew, and there's no, there's no choice but to just keep doing it yourself until yeah. that person comes in and goes, hey, what can I do for you? It's like, right. <laughs> oh my God,
2: <laughs> yeah. you realize what this means. Yeah. When I, uh, when I was starting uh, the label, when I was starting Flossless Audio.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to, to talk about that, yeah. actually.
2: So you have a, a cassette label. I do. Uh and one of the first things that happened when I uh started kicking that, that 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 around, my buddy James Williams, uh, Lost Odyssey. Oh yeah. Cornered me and was just like, Hey, you uh need any help with like graphics or um layout? And he's like, I kinda do that. I'm not you know, I'm not great at it, but like I saw what you did with Exiled and how often you were angry at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's like, basically, I just want to make sure that you don't do the same thing with this. He's like, I just kind of want to like, give you a little bit of help, a little support. And I probably haven't utilized that as much as I could have, but it's definitely been nice to feel like there's another party there who's willing to take off, take some of the workload off yeah. and doesn't really, you know, it's not, it's not conditional. You know what I mean? Um, doesn't expect a whole lot from it. But at the same time it's like there's probably not a local musician I rep harder than the than, than Lost Odyssey. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's like and I it, admittedly there's that there's that thing inside my own head where I'm like, I can't tell where the the like fanhood and friendship is, like like where that like that line's so fucking blurred. I'm like, I'm I might be insanely biased, but I think this guy's incredibly talented.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think that there's um at least for me, there's been times in my life where I'm working on a project and people come out and support, you know, because we're friends and they want to encourage me. And then there's been other times where, um, you know, I'm getting genuine reactions and people knowing the lyrics and, and actually, you know, gaining something from it. So there's a difference. And I, th- I think um, given the, the amount of involvement you've had, if you didn't believe in it, you know, if it was just like, oh, I love this guy. He's been so good to me. But, oh God, he's just not the greatest, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be putting in that kind of effort, I don't think. Right. That's, that, that's fair. I mean, I, admittedly, I have,
2: I have, uh, loose affiliations with people whose music I
0: don't love and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't laugh for too long or I'll start believing it. Right.
2: Uh. No, there's there's a, there's a particular local band in, in, in that I have in mind that I'm just like, yeah, I like the dudes involved, but I, I I've made a point to never
0: go out on a limb. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, with the label, you're kind of doing a similar all inclusive kind of thing, like you did with Exiled, where right. um, it's not on, it's not by any means genre specific. Yeah, it's not bound by <laughs> any criteria other than. I like this, yeah. As the proprietor, I yeah. like this. I think that it's worth hearing. Which that that's been hard so far because I definitely feel like I have some friends
2: who now, at least, have inklings that I don't like their music. Yeah, which is hard. which is
0: tough. <laughs> you know, but. sometimes you got to make that uh, distinction. <clears throat> um, other times you go out on a limb. I th- feel like you kind of did with me. Yeah. You put out the the tape version of Famous Last Words and. You know, it's we didn't do a lot of them. We we didn't. Um, I mean, like, but but it's still an investment, and it was different than the type of music you generally do. Yeah. So, you know, you're probably knowing that my half of them are going to sell better at the shows. You know, that's... whereas your your built-in following for Flossless might not. So, I I as the artist, I think that that's that's awesome, right? But you can't <laughs> sell yourself. Uh, short and do a, a bunch of those things where you're like, oh, I really don't know, you know, let's let's take a chance because you kind of need a couple of short things totally. to keep it going. Totally.
2: Um, and we've had um, we have one under our belt that was like a bigger release for us and uh, one coming in the fall. Uh, we're re-releasing a, a Moloch album, which is like a Ukrainian black metal artist. who's He's pretty, um, pretty prolific. Like doesn't really transcend genre uh, boundaries. Like his fan base is pretty much those those kids, like the black metal crowd. Yeah. Uh, but he does pretty well. Like the vast majority of his like small run U.S. releases are all sold out. Cool. So I'm just sort of expecting that to be the case with this one. Yeah. Now that I've said it in a in a in a
0: context where people will hear it, that might not happen. But <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Nobody's listening to this yet. So Who knows? We'll see if it catches on. <clears throat> right you need some water? I feel like you're dying over it's there. It's just
2: that time of year. Okay. I'm like this until about November. Okay. Um,
0: Which will suck for tour, but... You're just giving me all these transitions. I'm I, just helping you I, out. It's fine. You are also a solo artist. Um, I haven't heard the the recording yet, but I would categorize you basically as a folk singer. Is that a fair... That's reasonable. Okay. Yeah. Um, And you go by the name Entresol. Yeah. And... Is this your first tour on this material? This is. This is
2: actually my first tour in general. Okay. Um, I've been in a handful of bands where tour has been talked about, and then, you know, the album that we would have been touring on never happened. Yeah. Or it's, yeah, it's always been a thing where, like, by the time the band gets to that level of uh,
0: of seriousness, it's just sort of like it's a moot point. Like, it
2: never quite gets there. Sure. And that um,
0: that's hard, man, to keep a band alive. That's one of the luxuries of being a solo artist. Totally. Even though it falls on you. You know that if you if you make the decision, it's going to
2: get done. Right. That is, like, the one thing, and I think you can probably relate to this, it's, like, despite despite being the guy in control of all of it and, like, all the responsibility falls on me, there's also, like, there's such a freedom of, like, no one can fucking take this project from me. This is mine. Yeah. It doesn't end until I say so. Um, and it's weird. It's, like, it just took getting over the initial hurdle of feeling remotely confident about it, and, and now it's just, like... I think that might have had a lot to do with the end of Exile, is that I, I care about this other thing and would rather invest time in it and have been, you know, focusing on everyone else's music for a long time. And now I just sort of don't care. Yeah. You know, I mean like the, the label is a good way for me to like still kind of do that, but in a way that's a little bit more still a little bit more self, uh, self-driven and, and like kind of like creating sort of continuing to kind of create like my brand sort of, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, it also lets me put out my albums, you know. Yeah. So So tell me about the tour. Uh where are you going with where are you going? I am going solo, I'm going alone. Okay. Um, because as you know, as a dude with a busy schedule it's hard to get five minutes alone in a room sometime. Yeah sometimes. And I think that uh the, the like seven days of me time minus shows. I well I might go fucking crazy. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Like I'm definitely like I'm having I'm having like momentary second thoughts about being all on my own, uh, just like with my own, with my own brain and my own thoughts, uh, simply on the off chance that like, there's a particularly bad show followed by a particularly bad show where I have to go back to my car by myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) There's no event. There's no driving next town because I couldn't find a place to stay. Yeah. Um, but they're all really close together and I have friends at almost every show, like almost every date. I'm uh, either playing with a friend or meeting up with friends or something afterwards. So what what cities so, are you headed to? I'm um, doing a show here in Eugene, and then uh, Corvallis, Salem, Portland, Olympia, Tacoma, Seattle. Nice, and maybe Spokane at the end, mm. depending
0: on. I'm waiting to get some time you gotta, off. You gotta approved. get some money for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, know, I know. Yeah, the <laughs> nice thing about doing a, a little Northwest run is that they're they're close enough together where it's actually affordable, you mm-hmm. know, if, if you have one of those bad shows and nobody shows up, totally. it doesn't mean you've got to drive six hours to the next town right. and, and come I'm up also with all not, that gas money. I'm also not driving the Take 92 van. Yes. I'm driving like
2: a, like a little
0: Ford hatchback that gets like, I don't know, it's like $23 to fill my gas tank. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine's about 110 so yeah. S- someday I'm going to own like a little Prius mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Totally.
2: (laughs) That's the thing is like my partner um, has a project called Entrail and her setup is way bigger than mine. So she has to have a van, even though she's a solo artist. Yeah. And I've been adding like elements of light noise and stuff to my set and then looking at like the difference in cost between her tour and my tour. Yeah. And being like, wait a second, maybe me and a guitar is just the way to do this thing. Yeah, um, but I mean, like the that is the difference between the live show and the album. The album has a bunch of noise and weird, like, ambient textures and just weird shit that I would like to, on some level, be able to replicate live. But at this point, can't. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I, I kind of get—I'm getting the impression the way things are going that in the next the year or so, this project is going to look a whole lot different. But I think it's still just going to be me. Not necessarily adding
0: <coughs> members, just adding uh, yeah. instrumentation. Adding,
2: adding more instrumentation. Okay, um, that's may, cool. Maybe some, uh, maybe some synth. Maybe, uh, maybe just a shit ton of pedals. We'll see.
0: So, tell me about. I mean, this is for someone who's only known you a few years through through Exile and Flossless. Yeah, um, this is still semi new to me. We've played couple acoustic shows together Mm -hmm. but i'm still getting accustomed to to your musical output yourself so what is your history in playing music how did that start um (laughs) because certainly if you're putting it out now you haven't always been in a supporting role right um music is weird i i feel like i i've seen myself
2: as more of a professional fan than anything okay for so long that uh i don't know but I've, I've played i've played guitar and uh, since i was like 15 16 years old i was sang as long as i've been able to yeah uh, like that's actually why i picked up guitar in the first place i've never ever ever had like like idols or people i looked up to as far as guitar goes because it's just a vehicle uh to it, it just it, it gives me something to sing over i totally feel you on that um, front. Which sucks because like now like I in the in just the last couple of years I've gotten into metal and I'm like, wow, I wish I had I uh, wish I had practiced. I wish like the Fuck the like 15 years of, of playing guitar. I had mattered for anything more than getting just really good at the same power chords Yeah, you know like I uh, pe- I know I know I have plenty of friends who are like 15 years younger than me or ten ten 10 to 12 years younger than me who just Are uh, infinitely better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At their in, at their instrument and have only been playing for a couple of years, um, but, but yeah. that
0: that's a different yeah. type of person though. That's a different approach, right? Well, know, and they also it, yeah, like the the drive is completely different for sure. Like yeah. like if you look at a guy like Tom Morello, he right. he said he would play for something like six hours a day after school, yeah, and you know <clears throat> go on to become Tom Morello, right? You know one of the most innovative guitarists there is, but. Um, forgive me for saying, if you listen just to just his solo music, it's not very good. <laughs>
1: <You> know, like, <laughs> like, like,
0: like so that—that's a guy who who is a really, really great musician and has written some great songs in the context of these other groups, yeah. you know. And so, to me, I always see it different as the virtuoso player, and then the guy who has fewer chops, but right is is cranking out all these songs those guys are a team you know yeah they can bring things out of each other but by themselves they're um they're totally different things totally yeah that makes sense so first band when Uh, did that happen
2: i was 17 uh yeah i was i was in a (laughs) a really uh awkward christian ska band Christian Scott. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, that was that was that was brief. Uh, we practiced at like a church that I was going to. My father was a pastor, but there was no youth group at that church. Mm-hmm. So I went to this other church, and we practiced in their uh, like youth group, like rec center thing. And you were the guitarist. I just I just sang. You just sang. I, I just okay. did lots of like hub hups. <laughs> pick it up! Pick it up! Pick it up! Yeah, yeah. that guy. That guy. Yeah. That was that guy. Sweet. Uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, it lasted for about four months. Uh-huh. We played one out-of-town gig. What were you called? Uh, we, <laughs> we were the Jaywalkers. All uh, right. Unless our guitarist made the flyer, then we were the happy Jaywalkers, which was awkward. Oh. Yeah. So apparently, like, his huh. his outlook was a little bit brighter than, than the rest of us. Well, yeah, because <laughs>
0: if you're a Jaywalker, you know, that's a little too rebellious for a Christian ska band, I, I think. guess so. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's very Christ like breaking the law like I'm not that. I'm really sure. So, yeah. Um
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh myself and one of the one of the dudes who were who played in that band then started like a I don't even really know what to call it. He was the guitarist and wrote everything. So he kind of like the tone, the direction was all him, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which meant that it mostly was um inspired by sublime and stevie ray vaughn that's an odd combination it was really weird um but it was uh i like to think of that as my first band (laughs) okay how long did that one last we were together for like a year and a half or something long enough to like print like t-shirts and an awkward uh awkward run of windbreakers but just for the members of the band so it had like our big logo on the back that he'd drawn and like our names like we worked like we worked at some gas station that was also a band yeah you know um, you got, like, the bowling team thing going on? Right. There was, like, the great debate about what the band would be called, and then we just got this box of T-shirts that said Dub Riot on them, and I'm like, we are not called? He's like, yes, we are. We have T-shirts. <laughs> like, I
0: spent 300 bucks on this. <laughs> we are, too. <laughs>
2: that's funny, I'm not man. entirely sure if that's how it happened, but that's how I like to remember the name happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the band where, like, after that, I'm like, all right, I'm going to put my foot down a lot harder about names when I hate them.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I've only done that... Once and it didn't matter. Yeah, uh, I wasn't I wasn't the 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 lead in that band And so if anyone's listening you and you know my music you probably know who I'm talking about but yeah uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get out of that one. Yeah Um, Yeah, I I Was briefly in a
2: band here in Eugene not long after I moved here that uh When I started when I auditioned uh, I saw this band at a house party and they were like instrumental kind of like Faintly tool influenced, like rock, yeah, like hard rock kind of radioish stuff. I'm like, I can have fun with that. It's not exactly my cup of tea, whatever. Um, but when I auditioned to sing for them, I started having uh, it, it, increasing doubts about my willingness to be involved because the
0: band name was Absent Presence. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, but you know what? You're talking to a guy named Sammy Warmhands, so this is true sometimes you know no matter how much thought you or how much value you put in a name i mean green day foo fighters right you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a good name if the songs are good it, it'll right work itself out yeah i finally like succumbed to the like just pick one word that people
2: don't know what it means and and it'll it'll be all there like you, go. you know esoteric or whatever Especially if you're,
0: uh, in a death metal band and yeah. then
2: you're no, one, you're, no one can read it anyway. Yeah. Your logo yeah.
0: is just so obscured that it doesn't matter what you're called. Yeah. As long as it looks cool. Tune them out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one other thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, you are also doing some up. I, uh, yeah, I actually like, I
2: used to do standup, uh, fairly regularly. Um, did you also do the burlesque
0: shows? Is that how that started?
2: I, well, they, they kind of happened around the same time. I, I used to host the, the Broadway review when it was at John Henry's, and I haven't really been as involved since it's uh, moved on. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, uh, right around that time, I kind of got a bug up my ass to, to do it. I, I've wanted to for years, you know. And uh, I just started hanging out with a couple of guys who... Who were active in the local stand-up scene, which, to be fair, was actually like more active then it is now. It's kind of died off a little bit. Um, I think the local comics realized that they could uh, get a more genuine response from uh, a group
0: if they drive to Portland. (laughs) That's something that Ki said: is that is that like people would tell a joke here, and people would be uncomfortable by it or something, or they wouldn't um, open up. To certain things, if it was taboo, they wouldn't laugh at it. And then any other city Mm -hmm. that they played on the road was that joke would kill. And so, is there, from what you're saying, also kind of a weird quality about Eugene audiences? I feel like Eugene is a little bit more um, uh, apt to lean uh, really hard
2: towards uh, political correctness, like to a fault, maybe. Yeah. but the other thing is, to be fair, in Eugene we have more open mics than we have shows. So what you're getting is okay. a lot of a lot of situations where someone is like is oftentimes admittedly using shock value and not humor, and then the crowd feels uh, empowered to tell them to shut up, yeah, uh, or uh, or speak out when they might not if they paid to see the show. You know sure. what I mean? Well, in an open mic, you're getting what five minutes? Yeah, you're getting five minutes, and you're probably trying. You know, you're writing those jokes up there, which is a thing that a lot of people don't really realize that like that's part of the writing process is getting up there with like unfinished material. You have a premise and trying it out and gauging the room's response. And if you get so much as a giggle, you're like, okay, I'm onto something. I'm going to take this and thresh it out and tighten it up and figure out what parts of that worked and what parts didn't. Um, And sometimes you have to do it a few times because some rooms just don't think some things are funny. Um, and sometimes it's literally just your delivery sucks. Yeah. You can say the exact same thing twice. Uh, but depending on inflection
0: timing and, uh, tone, uh, it can change everything. Totally. I mean, how many times have you even seen like, uh, uh, a blooper reel in a in a comedy movie, you know, mm-hmm. at, at the end credits or whatever, they show a couple yeah. different takes, and and you can see it just like not working before they flub the line, right? You know, sometimes it's already it's not like, working. Yeah, man, that it's the exact
2: same words. It's just there are those moments where you watch a comic do something and you can tell that they have already decided that it's failed.
1: Yeah, and so it's not it's yeah. not
2: funny because they've already bailed. They've ar- they're already not trying. They're just still saying the words. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's. That's rough because I don't know. Sometimes you just don't realize that the room is with you. I played I played, <laughs> I played yeah. this show at um, fuck. What's that theater in Portland? Um, not the Brody. I can't, It's it's one of the McMinnimon's locations that used to be like like a theater theater. Uh-huh. So like the room is shaped for sound to like project out from the stage. Yeah. Uh, which what that means is when you're blinded by stage lights and can't really see what's going on. You don't hear laughter the way you would. Oh, I see. So unless you can really see the crowd, you you don't you don't it's harder to gauge the response you're getting and um, So you feel like you're bombing when right. actually you're doing well. <clears throat> I opened I opened a show there like 3 years ago and Chris Castles was in the front, a uh, local comedian, now lives in Austin. He was recording my set and he was like, "She's playing it back for me later." He's like, "This is the part where you bailed on your entire set, like you kept going, but you just you you gave up." because you couldn't tell people were laughing. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would that but that that sort of thing does happen. I mean that's an extreme. I mean that, that happens example. for me too
0: just even as an MC. I mm-hmm. get up there and you know I've worked out my set, it's perfect. I've played it in all these different places. It kills mm-hmm. and you go up and do that and crickets and you're yeah. like, "Really? I'm getting a <clears throat> golf clap on that song? People fucking love that song." Right. Fuck you know, and so I'll just get mad and be yeah. like, you know, I, I won't sell it. Yeah. And you yeah. got to sell it. You, you have know? to.
2: You have to. Confidence is fucking everything.
0: So, who do you like that's doing stand up now? Oh.
2: We might have to cut this part. Okay. Uh um, no. No. I, I how just, about
0: your influences? Who who made you um really who drew you into the Watching stand up, like, oh man, this is great. I got to get more of this.
2: I mean, I I enjoy Louis C.K. Okay, and um, I like George Carlin when I was growing up. Um, my number how, one. However, my thing with <laughs> I have this really obnoxious. Uh, I I think it's obnoxious. Uh, I have this obnoxious trait where I'll, where I'll get into things that like I don't know what put me there because I don't like most of the people I see doing it, but for some reason I want to do it anyway. Okay, like, there's like um with 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 comedy a big uh, one of the big one of the biggest pulls for me was was just seeing people i knew from the community doing it and being funny and getting to see this whole other side of this person who's kind of like mild-mannered in day-to-day life but then they get up there and they have a commanding presence and say some shit they would never say anywhere else outside of their house for fear of being punched yeah um but doing it in a way where it's still funny you know like uh there's a local dude andy andrist who i saw do like Twenty five minutes one night at Tiny's about being molested when he was a kid. Wow. It's like super dark, super uncomfortable. And admittedly there were moments where the room was just like slack jawed and like eyes wide. But like for the most part, that he just he killed that room by
0: talk but by talking for half an hour about being molested. That sounds like that Tignitaro thing where it's like, I have cancer and I'm going to die and that's like an <laughs> opening sentence and everyone's like <laughs>
2: watching right now right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah but it, it just goes to show that if, if you do it right if you do it correctly uh anything can be funny but seriously yeah, yeah like and, you and can talk about anything you just have to come at, come at it from the right angle and on, on a certain level like you have to be like attached to it in some way you know like i can't talk completely about like a stranger's suffering and then make a joke about it And still get away with it yeah unless unless I somehow attach myself to it in a way where like I'm showing my own humanity or my own vulnerability or you know like I can't talk about some some fucking dude somewhere who's dying of cancer and make fun of it but I can talk about like I I had a bit for a while that was about my own father going through cancer treatment yeah and because because I'm attached and I obviously like have have some feelings invested the crowd is not you know the crowds on your side still yeah uh, because you,
0: you, you aren't a monster. <laughs> well, yeah, and you're, you're revealing a part of yourself in that right, process. Right. Um, I've seen some people recently saying things like that comedy, if, you're, if it's not your personal thing and you're talking about these other issues that you're not necessarily attached to, um, this idea of punching up instead of punching down, hmm. where it's like you can bash on Donald Trump because he's in this status yeah. and is shitting on everyone else. Right. But if you were to, you know, make a joke about, uh, this is going to sound dated, but like, you know, K- Katrina or, or uh, you know, people who are, are victims of some circumstance. Right. You know. The guy um, outside of the venue eating out of the trash can. Yeah, yeah. You know. if, if you're going to make a joke about somebody like that, even if it's funny, it's still like not really something that your audience is right. gonna buy. You're definitely
2: risking losing your audience at that point because you come off as if you don't care if you're an asshole or not. Yeah. You know, like it helps it helps to be to, to have like at least some some iota of like humanity when you're up
0: there. For me anyway, I I, I like the stuff that's um either got that punk rock like, you know, yeah. take down the big guys or that's got some you know, almost more self-deprecating, totally kind of stuff one, like a like a Dave Attell or or you okay, know yeah, somebody yeah. like that.
2: One you know. that I saw that really fucking got under my skin, and I'm not even sure how this came out like a handful of years ago. Um, John Leguizamo's Freak, uh, his like one man show. It's I, like, I don't think I saw it. Um, it's pretty fucking funny. I mean, like, there's it's it's dated at this point definitely i'm sure i'm sure it's that thing where like being being from the northwest and being like uh part of the pc crowd um that i would go back and watch it now and be like maybe a little taken aback by some of the things i laughed at when i was like 20 and i saw it yeah the first time but um there's uh there's there's something about watching someone talk for like an hour and just basically kind of give you a history of their life where it's like, it's mostly funny, but there's moments where you're just like fighting not to cry because it's just so personal. Yeah. That it's just like, it's not exactly stand up, but it is. You know, it's like, it's, 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 it's really, it was really more of a one man show. But I remember seeing that and like connecting with it and just being like, I don't know if I want to do that, but I want, I want to create something that makes people feel that way. You yeah. know, like we're like, we connect on, we connect on such a level and never actually have to talk because I'm terrified of people. Yeah. Um, that uh
0: yeah, that. I wanna I wanna affect people like that, you know? That I think that's really common in, in a lot of performers. I relate to that, that I I don't like going out to parties or, you know, right. clubs and and stuff and I'd much rather just stay at home and anti fun. Watch a bunch of movies with my dog on my lap. Right. Um but I it's not that I don't wanna have some kind of connection to people, it's just that I feel so like I, I'm not what you guys want. <laughs> you know, like like you guys wanna go off and do this thing and that just sounds like the worst night of my life. Right. I'm gonna stay here and abstain. But I get that. if we can go like when I go on tour, I'm not always in environments that I'm comfortable in, but the people that are coming out are people that are fans of the same kind of music and, and we can relate on one of my favorite subjects ever. you know, and talk about that kind of stuff. And so I'm getting really great, genuine experiences with people when I'm on the road doing that stuff. Whereas just in regular circumstances, I wouldn't necessarily know what to say to you, you know? Totally.
2: I I get that. Yeah. It takes that, that, that initial like social awkwardness out. Like I uh, did the year of sobriety. Uh, I took a year off. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I drink again, but it's, like more often than not, it's at a show that I booked or am running sound for, and then afterwards with the band while we sit and talk about music till four in the morning, mm-hmm. um, and ruin their next day of tour. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, again, it's, it's 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 that same thing where it's like it it completely takes the the initial like awkward awkwardness of like random random drunken social interaction goes away. Because you're you're here for the same reason. Yeah. You know, like, we already know we have this thing in common, you know, let's just kind of, like, sit down and fucking, like, break bread or a, a bad, bad 3 a.m. burritos, as the case may be,
1: <laughs> and, you and
2: fucking bond over, like, the, the shit that brought you and me to the place that we are right now. It usually turns into, like, talking about, like, the, 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 the music we're now a little bit embarrassed about that we grew up on.
0: Yeah. You know?
2: Well, That's okay. It. Give me a guilty pleasure. Uh... Shit, man. I, li- I still listen to, like, um, Less Than Jake pretty often.
0: How is that even a guilty pleasure? Have I fucking li- love have Less Than Jake. Have you listened Jake? to
2: anything they've done since 1998? What are you talking about? I have their entire catalog.
0: Their newest <laughs> album is good, as good as any of their other shit. See might, the light?
2: I might have to give it a chance. Are they still a
0: band? Yes. I don't think they've even changed members, <laughs> except for maybe one horn player or something. Huh. Still Vinny writing the lyrics, playing the drums. You got yeah. Chris and Roger up on the front. Huh. Dude, they're, they're great. Like, their new album yeah. they, it was produced by Bill Stevenson in The Blasting Room. <laughs> um, I feel like Guilty Pleasures, like,
2: <laughs> now I see your Lesson Jake poster. Uh,
0: <laughs> Where? Up top. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hello, Rockview. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's the last album I liked. That was What's like. the last one you heard? That was uh, not, not, not the. Bo- <laughs> not, not Borders and Boundaries, but the one after. Anthem, Anthem. You didn't like Anthem. I did not like Anthem, but I don't know if it was the band or like the place I was musically at the time.
0: I bet it's the place you were at, because I mean, the back half of it has some poppy ones on it. Yeah, but um, the front half of it is great, man. And act- okay, here's your lesson, Jake. Homework. Okay. If if Anthem's where you got out of them, yeah. Check out B is for B side. Okay. Because it's a full length album. That was all the songs that the label made them cut from Anthem. Okay. It's way more classic Less Than Jake. It's, you know, punkier, more ska, less poppy, hooky stuff. Um, But it's literally recorded all at the same time. All right. B is for B-side. That's funny. Check it out. This is
2: like my second recorded uh, conversation about Less Than Jake in like the last handful of months. Really? (laughs) Uh, This has worked out that way. I interviewed uh, Dan Deacon before he played at the Wow Hall. And I don't know who that is. He's an amazing uh, electronic uh, composer, musician. Oh. Um, if uh, if Philip Glass liked to dance a lot and wore a fanny pack. Um, I, I
0: won't pretend to know what that means, but okay.
2: <laughs> Maybe someone who's listening will. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like he was talking, like I'd read this interview. I was doing my homework and discovered that he's like a closet less than Jake fan. Nice. And I was just like, dude, like that's, that's, that's one that's a thing we can talk about I guess I don't know I was like trying to come up with something <laughs> but like it was one of those cases where that person's new album in support of that tour he'd done so many fucking interviews that like I went I just kind of like read interviews for an afternoon and was like I don't other than asking you wholly inappropriate or just random fucking like you know what shoes are you wearing right now yeah you're you know. gonna end up asking what's the your same mom's shit, cat's name like I'm not yeah like it's just it's all been fucking covered you know, so we just talked about Less Than Jake for a while.
0: Yeah, if you, if you want, after this, I got the whole bo- concert box set on DVD <laughs> if you
2: want to. Awesome. Um.
0: <laughs> I also um,
2: really like the new FKA Twigs EP, which that's that's not exactly embarrassing. It's just like... What, what kind of music is that? Um, like beats and like really pretty R&B vocals. Okay. It's that thing where like, depending on the room, depending on the friends that, that I'm surrounded with, I'm like... Uh, you guys want to listen to the new Leviathan album? Like it's just, it's just an issue of catering to the room. Okay. Like, the, the, the bubble that I hang out with on a regular basis would probably be surprised
0: that I like that album. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we wrap up? Um, I, I feel like I should, uh, but I got nothing. Uh, what are your
2: tour dates? Tour dates are uh,
0: September 29th through the 5th. Of uh, October. <laughs> okay. This may or may not end before then. I'm not sure, but I, I'll, we'll I'll try to get that up in yeah. time.
2: If not, um, the album, uh, Entresol, uh, Newfangled Western Medicine, uh, the tape comes out on the 25th. Okay. Of this and month you can get that at flosslessaudio.com.
0: Flosslessaudio.com. Yep. Cool. Thanks for tuning in to the Take 92 podcast. This is Sammy
1: Warm Hands. <laughs> you think I give one rat's ass what these kids think? Of I do not give a fuck. I'm leave you with a song called Anti Fun from my flossless audio release,
0: Famous Last Words, produced by KI Design.
1: Fuck the party, you guys are dumb. Everybody make way for the anti fun I don't give a rap's ass or a flying fuck, cause not all MCs get high and drunk. I said, fuck the party, you guys are dumb. Everybody make way for the anti fun You're having a good time, I'm pounding beer. I'm like, get me! <laughs> I'm a sore thumb, black sheep, fourth rung athlete, poor, bombing and every skateboarder with acne. In fact, we only interact here on stage. Probably comfortable with the slap ink on page. The bridge of gaffy and music as a form of communication. What conversation has we losing patience and motivation. So if I sit and smoke in the corner looking as implicit, it's cause my head is spinning like the tread on your Michelins. Fuck the party, you guys are dumb. Everybody make way for the anti fun I don't give two shits so I'm flying fuck. Not all MCs get high and drunk and set. fuck the Everybody make way for the anti-fun You're having a good time, i found a to peel I'm like Get me! Out of here. So take your hands, throw them up like bulimics I wanna know how many motherfuckers came here to see us Cause I just drove a vehicle that's big enough to haul a Prius Full of merch so we can sell and hope to feed us And if I give the impression that I'm pretentious or elitist I got trouble on my mind like Chuck with diabetes And with two eyes to collar when the sky in the summer I'm gonna poop on a coupe like I'm a Mario brother uh. Fuck the party, you guys are dumb Everybody make way I don't give two shits, so I'm flying fuck, cause not all MCs get hired drunk, I said, fuck the party, you guys are dumb, everybody make way for the anti fuck you're having a good time, I'm bound to peel, I'm like, get me here! Oh, Pump ass. No really, I pass I don't wanna get stupid with your dumb fuck ass Had a drunk punk strapped with the sawed off Maybe this is the part when y'all turn the song off Hook you with the chorus and a laugh Like I'm making a joke But I'm a beta and switch your ass Played shows in every gross dingy bar Made a joke more smoke than a lit cigar Crash pads, host, boasting a tin guitar With a tin guitar Ten cigarettes and a pretend ninja star It's normal for some But I don't fuck with that shit back where I come from Breathalyzers on a synthesizers off DUI drivers talk to the firing squad you spitting up a mess and Implicating your admission While I'm pitching my position and reviving pro Fuck the party, you guys are dumb. Everybody make way for the anti-fun. I don't give a rat's ass or a flying fuck. Not all MCs get high and drunk. I said, fuck the party, you guys are dumb. Everybody make way for the anti-fun. You're having a good time, I'm bound to be I'm like, get me out oh, no.